Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, guys? It is your boy Dylan at Thunder Chats coming to you with our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With ultimate odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top Thunder Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Hunsinger, at Thunder Chats. We're part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Forgot what podcast I was on for a second. I, I hesitated after topic, so, you know, it, there, there's some kind of topic we're talking about out there. But uh, as you can see, if you're on YouTube, uh, I am joined by a couple co-hosts here. Uh, first of all, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, the underscone, Connor Recone. What up, Connor? Uh, not much. Feeling good. Uh, 40 wins before 20 losses. Team's on a six-game win streak. Shea's trying to get up to 50-40-90. MVP race is cooking. It, yeah, th- things are going great, man. Can't really complain about anything in Thunderland right now. A lot of good things happening. A lot of good times rolling for Thunder fans right now. And it, it's a good time right now because we get to talk to our boy, Matt Tierney. What up, Tierney? I'm great, too. Chet made history. Um, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, immediately after the uh, Sorry Combo Bleacher Report uh, posted about Victor Wombanyama doing, but aren't you part of Bleacher Report or am I making that up? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, was, I was leaning to it. I was leaning to it. So when they did the Victor Wombanyama, like 153s, 100 assists, and then like 75 blocks, and it was like, oh yeah, Chet like did that exact same thing, but he did 100 mm. blocks. So. Yeah. It was like it, everyone was clowning on that, and I, I appreciated it a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chet was making history as an NBA uh, rookie, and uh, yeah, we're we're hot after the All Star break. Everyone looks great. Um, just couldn't be happier. Everyone's also barked on the post game interviews too. Yeah, is Mac Biombo? We got Gordon Hayward. Uh, so we're all we're, we feel complete now. Uh, now that that's happened, so happy mm-hmm. happy to be where we are as a Thunder fan. Yeah, might have someone else coming along and barking here soon. So, mm-hmm. uh, an, an animal you wouldn't expect to even bark. <laughs> an animal that doesn't usually bark, you would say. Nope, doesn't usually bark. A couple of things before we get to that. First of all, just got to say on the Chet Wimby stat, uh, it was 150 blocks, 150 assists, 100 threes for Chet. Wimby oh, sorry, I messed that up. Yep, that's my 84 bad. and counting. Still hasn't reached Chet's heights. So, mm. Dang. Just, yeah, just just let that marinate a little bit. Um, secondly, like I don't want to be like the yes, actually guy, but has we have we heard Shea bark yet? I don't think we have. I don't think Shea's barked. 
I don't think I we've yeah, got a shade bar. They went, they've like forced him into a post game, but he like ran away he, at one point. Yeah, he, he's yeah. been there and literally they, at restraining him from leaving. Yeah, but they've barked at work. him. I don't think Shea has barked quite yet. He's not. He's not. Did, I think. Anymore. I think even they had Giddy barking last night on that like post interview to the side. So like, I think a Tingo bark. Yeah, it's been like everybody but Shea at this point that has barked. Everyone has done a bark of some kind. So we, we need Shea. If Shea wins MVP, maybe he barks at the uh, the MVP <laughs> like <laughs> acceptance <laughs> speech. He goes out there That'd and barks. Be That'd be amazing. <laughs> he just gets up there for his MVP acceptance <laughs> speech, and he's like blues clues. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. It's that like, would be iconic. No one's ever done that before. <laughs> that would that would be crazy. That would be wild. That would be wild. We would have two of them between the Katie, you know, you're the real MVP speech, and then the Shea straight up barking MVP acceptance <laughs> just, speech. Two of the most like, memorable ones. Yeah. <laughs> just everyone else is like, what the hell just happened? What is he doing? With no context of the post-game interviews, like no. that, was, that was a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> that man just barked. People are at home are like checking their ears. Like, am I going crazy? Like, what happened? Is there something wrong with all the, the dogs? The audio? All the dogs are sitting at their TV, like, yep, yep. Amen, brother. Yep. Shay's yep. favorite player route to like dog food sponsorships <laughs> to like dog products and stuff like that. SPCA sponsorship. You'd yeah, be man, on I mean, so many dog food commercials, man. It'd be great. Somebody started blowing a dog whistle because he's talking too long. He's like, Rup. nobody <laughs> else hears good. it. He's like, <laughs> Like I, I guess you're telling me I gotta get off stage, but he's barking it the whole time. All right, this this has gone too much. This has gone way too <laughs> that was fun. I like that detour. That shout, shout out to the dogs on the team. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. Shout out to all my dogs. Um, but yeah, no. Um, talking about somebody that might be barking. I mean, let's let's get into it. Why not? Um, I, yeah, I think so. The last time we had the pod, Golan was on with jerry and i guess alex joined i know tyranny you, you joined in on it okay yeah so you guys talked about pokey being released um mm-hmm. i i don't have fond memories of Poku. i didn't want him to be drafted i'm not gonna say anything else about you know bad or good about him cone i know uh you enjoyed poku experience do you have anything you want to say i did and you know i'm sad you know everyone who plays for the thunder is a thunder legend in my eyes and it's funny that they made that like thunder wall of like everyone who's ever played because it i feel like it fits very perfectly into my whole thunder legend bit which is great um but yeah man i mean i wanted to see poku work out i was hopeful it obviously didn't end up working out he had some flashes last year but dealt with injury and it just never really worked. I hope he plays well over there in Charlotte. They really are just forming the OKC Hornets over there. It's crazy between mm-hmm. uh, Teo Maladon last year. Now Trey Mann's over there. Vasa, Bertans, you know, Poku is now a Charlotte Hornet. They just seem to be the Thunder's, like, secondary squad. I mean, hey, I hope Poku go over, goes over there and balls out. I hope Trey, I mean, Trey Mann's been playing well for Charlotte. He's mm-hmm. making more of a name for himself, kind of establishing himself as a piece for them going forward, which is dope. Like, I want to see everyone who's ever played for the Thunder go out there and succeed. So I'm hopeful for Poku. I'm not surprised. Like, the fact that they cut him, you know, I'm not heartbroken or anything like that because I do think there are better uses for the roster spot at this point. And we've reached the point in the rebuild where, you know, there's no way for – like, Trey Mann was never going to make it into our rotation with who we've got right now. Poku was never going to do that. So 
I just I like that this organization just lets guys kind of go and see where they can perform. And it opens up spots for, you know, bio guys. We brought in, of course, Bismack Biombo, who, like Tierney alluded to, we got to bark on the, the post-game thing last mm-hmm. night, which was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then maybe someone coming up here who could help out again with a little bit of the size. I know I've now this is the second time I've teased Ooh, it, but who could yeah, that be? You know, yeah, who could it Ugh. possibly be that we're gonna go out there and pick uh. up? So you know, names. yeah, you know whose dad could possibly be out there liking every tweet possible, referring to Oklahoma <laughs> every City one. in particular. Yeah, it's every single one. Yeah, I don't know, so, man. Could be any dad. Kind of getting could, into any, it. Any dad. Any A- any you know, dad. Any antlered animal. You know, you never know. Anyone. There's mm-hmm. actually been a, a few like Thunder players and like former Thunder players whose dads are active on Twitter. It's kind of weird. But... Who else? Uh, well, you got Poku for one. Um, he's true. not like he's not like out on the timeline, but like he he'd be searching Poku's name. Um, I think mm-hmm. uh, Isaiah Roby's dad was on there. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There's somebody else out there. I can't remember who, but I mean that's um, that's enough. Mike that's wild. Uh, Mike Muscala's dad's on a lot too. I don't know if we mentioned him, but he's yeah, very active. that's true. Yeah, um, that's not. Because that's yeah. not who we was talking about earlier. No, he's, no. He's just, we're just mentioning dads. We're just mentioning dads. <laughs> he's not relevant to that so. conversation, so I don't know no. what we're talking yeah, about here. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to bring that up. I apologize. My bad. No, I'll, I, 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 I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. So, you know, obviously, Mike Muscala was bought out by the Detroit Pistons yesterday during the game, which, wild time. Yeah, yeah, mid-game. But, yeah, mid, mid-game, bought out. Um <clears throat> Let, let's just say that over the years, Top of Thunder, we've had many people on this podcast. Uh, we've built relationships. We've uh, even accumulated sources, some would say. Mm. Um, and so mm. sources say there's a reason Mike Muscala got bought out. There's a reason the Thunder have an open roster spot. Mm. And mm. it may or may not have been confirmed. So... Just a matter of time at this point. I have no idea what you're talking about. Let's move on. I don't. Yeah, Cone, where is he going with this? I don't. I'm not really sure. Need um, a leap here. I think um, there's some. Yeah, I think there's some kind of logical leap that he's. <laughs> leap he's yeah, a logical fallacy. Is that the right yeah. word? I think that. I think that is something like that, Terry. You're the you're yeah. the English teacher. Yeah, you you explain this to me. Yeah, I, I definitely teach it. English. Yep. So yeah, yeah uh-huh. I. Um, yeah, but yeah, I know that. I know that's definitely a word that's used. So. I, Dylan, I don't know what you're talking about. We just, I think one. we should just, yeah, yeah. Just, let's just, um, let's just move on. Um, let's just move on. Uh, off top, I don't know why we're talking so much about this random buyout. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Dylan, hey, I thought you didn't even like Poku, and you want to talk all about his buyout, man. What's up with you? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Well, you know, it happens. It happens. It happens. It's, it's all. That's all we got to say. Thunder legends abound. You know, yeah. tie it up full circle. Cone, did you come up with were, – were you the pioneer for Thunder Legend? Yes, absolutely. That is my – I did not know like, that. No, I like – I don't know if I caused everyone else to call random players for their team's blank legend, but I absolutely started the Thunder Legend thing, or at least popularized it. Because that was like one of the first things I did on Twitter. One of my first bits was calling everyone a Thunder Legend. And I've been doing <clears> it for hilarious. years at this point. So. I did not know that. Uh, one of your first bits besides yeah. tweeting out 100,000 K-like bangers every other day yeah that that's the other bit that i have he has that that's a really funny bit he does i like that one. (laughs) yeah it's it's really entertaining um i think it's worked out for you pretty good it's it's done well it's done well (laughs) so far uh one like a tweet actually that i put out today that's doing well and something i just want to reminisce on for a moment so yesterday um 
I don't know if y'all saw or not. Did y'all see Max Struess's game winner against the Mavericks? Yeah. Yeah, the absolutely insane one, which happens to be the second farthest game-winning buzzer beater in NBA history. And of course, the furthest one of all time is Devontae Graham against us. And I just... Rewatching, I put out a tweet basically referring to that and rewatching that video again. It is legitimately like insane that he hit that shot, especially after the fact that Shea hit the shot first. If he had just Mm -hmm. hit it, it would have been crazy. Because, like with the Max Struess one, it was crazy because PJ Washington hit his shot to give the Mavs the lead and then Struess knocked that down to, you know, end the game. But like in this one, Shea hits this absurd three, avoiding. The yeah, like avoiding the foul here from Garrett Temple, knocks it down. The camera is like showing all the shots of fans celebrating. They're going crazy, you know. On the bench, they're trying not to get too excited because the game is not over clearly. And then this the shot from Devontae, yeah. So like, this is ridiculous. So depressing. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Uh, Shay's reaction. The- they didn't get in this clip, but he was so pissed. Oh he yeah, was, the the shocked just, face. Yeah, absolutely, just shook. And it, it's funny you saw you saw like a clip of PJ Washington like he was very high flexing like after the after the dunk and everything he got back on defense and he's like looking and as the shot goes in like you can't see his face but you can just yeah. see him go yeah yeah <laughs> and he starts like his, he puts his hand and, like starts scratching it like oh jeez oh no the Hell, switch man. from yeah confident to just dejected was hilarious from PJ yeah. but it was during the tank season it helped us get that was the season leading up to drafting Chet. So theoretically mm-hmm. helped us get Chet. So we'll take that. But yeah, I just reminiscing on that, the fact that the Thunder are involved That's in like break. way too much history for my life. Like we have been the victim of the biggest loss ever. Like, you know, the three, one lead being blown in the Dame shot that Devonte Graham shot. It feels like anytime some kind of history is made, the Thunder, despite being such a young team have like some tie to it. I don't know. I just feel like every time something crazy happens, it's like, oh, you know, this is the first time since this insane thing happened to the Thunder like a year and a half ago or something like that. So it was like the eight year anniversary of the Curry shot like a couple days ago, which every year that happens, we reach that anniversary. It comes up on my timeline, too. And, you know, it's like, oh, this many years since Kevin Durant left. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) for some reason, we were just at the center of all this tragedy in the NBA. So. Come so breaking news. Drama. I just got a scoop in my DM. Uh, oh, somebody break it live? Is, well, yeah, it's not it's not a major scoop. Like I could tweet it out oh. if I wanted to, but <clears throat> Sam Presti is apparently boots on the ground at Boston College Virginia game right now. Ooh. Okay. Scoping out Mr. Ryan Dunn, possibly. Possibly. I hope so. I would love I would love Ryan Dunn on this team. We want to talk about insane defense. Mm-hmm. That's mm. that's a guy. Questionable mm. offense. Very questionable offense. <laughs> yeah. But we, but we, hey, that. we have a lot of offense at this point. So yeah, that's did you absolutely true? Did y'all see the the like three minute clip that someone put together the other day of straight Andre Roberson career oh, shots God, that yeah. didn't even hit the rim? No, oh, no, like, that's tough. <laughs> it was, it was like I. It was one of those like the hardest things I've ever had to watch because as a basketball fan, you know, you watch the game, you see like some air balls and stuff like that. But every time my brain would tell me this one's at least going to hit the rim and not a (laughs) single time did it hit the rim. It was side of the backboard off the glass from the corner somehow like air balls, just three minutes of the worst three point shots you've ever seen. It's crazy, dude, because, like, I, I remember it being a struggle for him shooting. I remember like he shot like 29 percent from three and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't remember it being like air balls on air balls. If you can make a three, because how long was his career? How long was he in the league? Like I want to say like seven years. Yeah, I want to say okay with the Thunder before he only played the seven games in the bubble for us, but mm-hmm. before that he only played five years. Mm. So from so from 2013 to 2018, he had and he only played 39 games in 2018. He had enough air balls over that stretch and just horrible misses to make a three minute compilation of like the worst ones. And we love Andre Roberson here, but like you said, I don't remember being that bad. I knew he missed like all of them, but except in that series against the Rockets, because for some reason he was our second best shooter in the MVP Russ Rocket season. I don't know why. Yeah. Or in that playoff series. Which he killed tells us you, at the line, though. Yeah, like, man, the definition <laughs> of, of, a ze- of a zero and D guy. Mm-hmm. I remember they was uh, they started hacking him, and like he would he he kept missing. And I remember like we was at OKC, and Russell's like trying to hype up the crowd, get him behind him, and just kept missing. It's like, oh god, this Dre's going outside, man. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he shot. Um, in the playoffs that year, he shot 4.2 free throws a game and shot a, a blistering 14%. Ooh. Oh, God. Made I mean, one every once in a while. Yeah, let me, let me see. Jenner's Williams look like Shea, bro. Can I see his total on that? He shot What's that? Uh, like five? five three, three, three of 21. Nice. Ugh, God. That's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Anyway, sh- shout out to Roberson, Thunder Legend. Just I, I was watching that video, and it, I like Dylan, like you said, it felt way worse. Just watching it was a compilation. I was like, oh my god, like it was this bad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I didn't show the lockdown defense that Dre played. It didn't, uh, and him just like shifting through like court. five guys and on a rotation. So, shout out Dre. Dre's mm-hmm. doing fine. He bagged Rachel Lamita. He's okay. Um. I think yeah. I, I think they're doing like a official? podcast or something together now too. Is that official? Tierney, they've yeah they've. I don't like, know if they're married or not. No, nah, I didn't say they're married. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, okay. They might be engaged. Yeah. I think. I thought that's engaged. what I thought that's what you meant. Yeah. Nah. But yeah, they're they they're just, together for sure. Yeah. Hey, he fumbled the bag a couple times, but he got it back. So <laughs> that one tweet that one night where he was yeah. like, you know, uh, it was like he was like asking for her back kind of thing was crazy. <laughs> Love Ooh. Dre. Hey, uh, Dre or er, Dre has the same uh, birthday as AJ, and whenever AJ was born, I tweeted at him said, "Happy birthday, my son was just born," and he liked my tweet. So, Ooh. shout out Fly Dre twenty one. Um, Dom posted in the chat. I, I I don't know why I took it away, but it says let's push Cody Williams to the Thunder. Let's get them all, all the Williams. Dude, like, oh, there's another Jalen Williams in this year's draft. Let's get him yeah, too. there is, and he's he's a lot better than he was last year when he was in the draft. Like he can actually like shoot threes now, so that's cool. Uh, just just gotta say before we move on the Thunder content, like just gonna throw my hat in the ring once again for Reed Shepard. I don't know if you guys saw last night have one of the best yeah, college performances of the year. Crazy, really, really <laughs> he's very good. good. Yeah, really what was good. like what was it like 30, 36, 5 and seven, two steals, two blocks. 11 of 14 shooting, 5 of 7 from deep. Game winner. That man's yeah. crazy. I think he had 21 points in the second uh, second half. So I, I know a lot of people are going to look at him and be like, he's a guard. He plays a lot smaller than he is. Like, listen, man, at the end of the day, like especially in this draft, you just need guys that can play. 
guys that you mm-hmm. can trust and flexibility goes a long way you know yeah. if there's not like big guys that you like or that you trust at that point in the draft reed shepherd's right there draft reed develop him if he's not ready if not like you know he's there you can bring him along slowly whatever because like just random like I know, like, we have Joe and we have Kaysen, but we kind of play them on offense as wings more than guards anyways. Mm. So, you know, bringing in another guard wouldn't necessarily be a terrible thing. I understand we have a lot, but they don't function as guards. Everybody kind of has, you know, different roles. So just open your mind a little bit because this draft is weird. Like, there's there's a lot that can happen in this draft. Yeah. And I mean, you can you, do a lot worse than Reed Shepard. You shouldn't draft a big guy just because you need big guys. Draft some. Like, I mean, we did that with Kaysen this year. Theoretically, we didn't need another guard, but we did, and now he's one of the best shooters in the entire league. So, yeah, you know, it's t- take who's going to be good. Um, I do want to say real quick before we get into Thunder stuff as well. Uh, Kings are playing the Nuggets tonight. The hope is that the Kings would beat the Nuggets to give us some separation. And it was a, a ten point game going to halftime. The Nuggets are now up thirty one points. So, yeah, dang, yeah. Mm. That's not looking good. Not Absolutely. great. I think Dolan tweet out that right now they're on a 58 to 15 run. So Jesus Ooh. Christ. It's kind of a God crazy damn. run. Although with the problems sometimes we have facing the Kings, maybe it's the best if they just go away. Yeah, that is true. And, and you know, we'll get into some potential matchups mm-hmm. here in a second. But first, let's talk about some matchups that we have had in this week with a single large item. All right, single large item, boys. Uh, we have played two games since Tyranny, Dolan, and Jerry was on the pod on Friday. They were both against the Houston Rockets. One was at Houston, one was in OKC, one was on national television, one was not. Um, you know, both of them, positive results. We won the game. 123 to 110 in Houston with a comeback in that one, and 112 to 95 in OKC on national television. Uh, the game ended at like one o'clock in the morning over here. It was a struggle. It was a real struggle. But single large item. Let's get into it. I'm not going to go to Tierney first because he hates it. So I'm going to go to Cone. Thank and I you. Know where he's going? Single large item for the uh, the Houston Rockets game. The first one of the two. Or are we doing the two of them together? You can do whatever you want, man. The world is your oyster. I'm merging. All right. Let's let's talk Chet. Let's talk Chet first. Let's talk Chet. Okay. Uh, Chet was uh, specifically in the first game was ridiculous. One of the best games he's played, arguably the best. I know he had like that crazy game against uh, the Warriors at one point against the Sixers. He had like 32, I think, facing them with Embiid there. So he's had some big games, but this one was one of his most most complete. Really took over in the fourth quarter in particular. What do you have like 19 points in the fourth, which is a Thunder rookie mm-hmm. record. Uh, finished with 29, 8, 7, 1, and 3, 11 of 16 from the field, 5 of 8 from deep. Jet was unstoppable. Uh, he looked the part of an all-star level player. The defense was incredible. I swear they don't count some of Chet's blocks because it felt like he had way more than three blocks out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the overall defensive impact because he altered a lot more shots than he blocked. But mm-hmm. Chet is extremely special. And I know there's been, you know, going into like the all-star break and like, you know, conversations around all-star stuff. Uh, I remember seeing a lot of people be like, oh, you know, Shen Goon is more deserving of being an all-star than Chet. He's better than him. I know there have been a lot of Thunder fans that still are upset that we didn't take Alperin Shen Goon. I hope this game makes you realize that we're perfectly fine. 
Like I, mm-hmm. I think Shengun's an incredible player. I think he's gonna be an all-star level guy. I don't know if you can really build around him necessarily, like the Rockets are trying to do. But you know, it's just a wait and see thing with them at the moment. But Chet home, like Chet is perfect for this team. The way he can stretch the floor, defend at a really high level, because a lot of the buckets we were getting in both games were just attacking Shengun. Like we were making them pay for having him out there. And Chet had the height on him. Uh, Shengun really struggled in the first game in particular up until like the last few minutes in the fourth quarter when he kind of started to cook a little bit. But Chet was giving him problems. He was being really physical with him. It was really impressive, the stuff that Chet was doing out there. So, you know, matching up with another great young big, somebody that people talk about, oh, maybe the Thunder should have taken him. And yeah, he's a phenomenal player. Maybe he would work here. But I continue to not really lose any sleep over not drafting Shangun because I just don't think he would have fit in this team as a non-shooting big. And I think having a guy like Chet here at the center spot who can shoot, who can dribble the ball and do all this stuff, just it makes a world more sense. It's the same thing when people are like, oh, we could have drafted Jalen Duran or this guy or that guy. Like, we've got our setup and it works. Like, the way that we've drafted has worked for a reason. And, you know, this was the vision with me when I had been saying for a while that Chet is a center, he's not a power forward, because you see what the defense looks like when he's out there. And the way that, as a big man at that center spot, he's able to get around a lot of slower-footed bigs, make shots happen, handle the ball. Uh, He was incredible. He's also dunking everything in this game. Both these games, really, I feel like Chet had, like, 10 dunks between these two games. Um, second game, you know, didn't have as crazy of a stat line, 18 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, a steal and three blocks on six of 13 shooting, only hit one three, but, you know, incredible defensively. He had that one reverse alley-oop dunk and one over Shengun coming from dub, which was filthy. crazy, filthy. Yeah. Like you said, to get a reverse oop like poster is extremely impressive. The coordination on that. He had one like, dribble breakdown. I can't remember who was guarding him. I think it was like Aaron Holiday, a much smaller guy who, you know, has kind of quick hands guarding him and he hit him with like a little dribble combo and then spun through and got fouled. But like moments like that, it just, it shows how special Chet is. And since the all-star break, Chet's been on a heater. Dylan, I know you put up the stats. I don't know if you have them. I can go ahead and find them on your account real quick, but he's been cooking. And we talked about the beginning, you know, first player in, or first rookie in NBA history to have, you know, 100 plus blocks, 100 plus threes. He had 150 dimes on top of that. Uh, Stuff that basically nobody in the league has ever done. And Chet is the guy who is making it happen, you know, in his first season as a rookie. I did see today, um, you know, Ralph Sampson, UVA legend and everything. But he was, again, someone else who was bringing up like, oh, Chet's not really a rookie kind of thing when he spent all last season in a boot, like rehabbing. So, it's he's a rookie, but Tierney brought up the stats. Appreciate it. Chet Holmgren since the all-star break. This is courtesy of Dylan. So little, you know, double alley up here to me. 22.3 points per game, 61.8% from the field, 47.8% from three, 10.3 rebounds per game, three dimes, 3.7 blocks. And the team's four and oh. So heading into the end of January, you know, leading into the all-star break, Chet looked kind of tired. It seemed like he was kind of gassed. Uh, he's got his energy back post All-Star break. He got a little bit of a rest, got to chill after playing in the Rising Stars game, you know, winning that. And Chet's looked fantastic. This is probably the best stretch of play we've seen from him in his entire first season. And it's coming at a great time when we're trying to make that last ditch push to, you know, get up to the one seed because the Timberwolves continue to win as well. We're pushing for 60 wins, which isn't impossible. You know, it's going to be difficult, mm-hmm. but it still is on the table. 58 wins is our current projection. So, you know, trying to rack up the wins and Chet Holmgren's just been fantastic. And these two Rockets games, especially on national television, I hope people realize how good he actually is. Yeah, man, he was, nah, I mean, like, like I 
like I said in the stats, like you said and all that, like he's he's been an absolute like demon coming out of the all-star break. And like what what I've seen specifically that in these last four games that you didn't really see all season, he's so aggressive. He gets very that aggressive. ball and like he's he's taking you to the hole. Like he was especially very, with the threes, like he's not doing the whole pump fake thing as yeah. much anymore. It feels like like I wonder if they told him yeah, like, hey, bring that up. just shoot those. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I, I feel like, you know, he just got those five days rest because, you know, he was there for the Rising Stars practice, Rising Stars game. Uh, I think he was still in, like, Vegas or whatever for the All-Star game, like, support Shea and stuff. So, you really only have, like, you know, the time that, you know, in terms of, like, just, like, full rest relaxation, like, you know, because he's probably hooping whenever, like, Shea and them and everybody's in town supporting him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he only had like you know, four or five days rest uh, before, you know, the game on Thursday, whenever we played the Clippers and that's all he needed. That's all he needed to recuperate. That's all he needed to get his legs back because the shot looks great. He's moving so well. I, I saw, uh, who was it? That said? I think it was Roosh Williams that said that Chet falls down a lot. It's like, he, he does, but like he gets back up. Like he doesn't complain about it. Like mm-hmm. you rarely see Chet complain. Like he's a fierce competitor. And you know, there's all this talk about Chet and Wimby. And I'm not gonna get into the stats, but I think there's a difference between productivity and impact. Wimby's a highly productive player, like you know, everything that he's able to do, the role that he's in, the opportunity that he has, like he's gonna produce. And Chet is producing in his own way, just like Wimby is also impacting his own way, but the impact that Chet has had on this team, like, yes, Shea took another week. Yes, Dub took another week. Yes, we have all these other role guys that are, you know, contributing in their in their own way. But defensively, 100%, but also offensively, like, this team has been changed by the presence of Chet Holmgren. Because mm-hmm. defensively, he's the anchor. Like, you know, he's the reason we're able to be more aggressive on steals. He's the reason why guys are, you know, curling out, you know, when they have their man beat because they don't want to meet Chet at the rim. But offensively, he's clearing that lane for guys like Shea and Jalen Williams to just have a clear lane to the hole, take their man one-on-one. And if not, he's going to make you pay from deep. So in terms of, like, impact-wise and, you know, and being out there because, you know, Wimby's missed, like, what, almost 10 games at this point in the season – Chet hasn't missed a single game. He's out there giving it his all. Fierce competitor, making a real impact on the game. And just just coming different out of the All-Star break. And I, I just got to know what Jalen Green said to Chet at some point in his life because it felt like horrible. <laughs> every time this man gets up against Chet at the rim, Chet, he's not just blocking it. like He's spiking that crap. Mm-hmm. It, it was also – it was – um. Lou was talking to someone. I can't remember if it was Jalen Green, but there was, was someone. And yeah, and Lou, like, Lou oh yeah, like, Jalen. Yeah, yeah. Lou was, was talking like trash. It looked like, and I don't think I've ever seen Lou Dort I, talk trash ever. Or like, I think like, I said this in the group chat, but it was like it was the most professional trash talk I've ever seen. He was just like, yeah, just I'm playing ball here. Over, just like shut up. That was, I think that was there was the like a. I think there was like a head, like I think Jalen Green was driving and it's, he was doing like the head snap back thing a lot. Yeah. And Lou was out there going like, you know, looking at the refs and like throwing his head back. Like what, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And Jalen Green, yeah. I think said something. And like you said, it seemed like Lou was like, man, come on. Like you're, you yeah. see how you're playing out here. Like, don't talk trash to me at this moment. And yeah. 
I mean, that's that's kind of how it's been. You know, we, we talk a lot about the whole Josh Giddy situation over here. Have you all seen Jalen Green's stats this season compared to Josh He's not Giddey? good. He's not that good. Uh, Giddy has him beat in almost every statistical category. Dang, I have seen – we talked about compilations with Roberson. I've seen the compilations of Jalen Green, and they're very, very funny. And it, very funny. I, I was high on Jalen Green. I mean, I thought Mobley should have been the second pick. I was a Mobley guy for them. But I thought – I saw that Jalen Green was going to be really good, and it has just not been um, – it, it just hasn't exactly been – you know, because they put more talent around him, so I thought this was going to be the season for him. And it hasn't exactly come to fruition. I'm trying to pull up real quick this comparison um, on Stathead stat real quick. Head. Shout out to Stathead. Yeah, so um, Jalen Green is 19.2 points per game to Giddy's 13.8. But Giddy has more. Um, oh, is this is this overall in their career? Oh, this is just this is just head to head. Yeah, I think oh, that's two, probably what it does. Two seasons. Career. Yeah, let me do to uh, this season. I was about to say nineteen point two this year. Yeah, I was like, there's Jalen no. Green feels yeah, second hot. I said that, I was like, there's no way he's putting that up. Um, yeah, he's putting up seventeen point six to Giddy's eleven point four, and then Giddy is better in rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throw percentage, efficient field goal percentage, BPM, and VORP, which is every stat they take a look at. If you're yeah. shooting worse than Josh Giddy, you need to reevaluate stuff, man. It's been crazy. Like he's just fallen off a cliff. Thirty point eight percent from three from this season. Yeah, not good. This is this is the overall seasons. You've got to change it on the side to like. Oh uh, yeah, that's the same thing I pulled up at first. I'm like, he's. I was like, good. yep. There we go. Okay. Tuny said, "Oh, <laughs> oh." I was like, it, it still doesn't look right. That's uh, oh, whatever. It's this. Uh, he, he said it. He said it. <laughs> Everything that he I, said. I, I was trying to get I, up on the YouTube. That had get gets me sometimes, man. Yeah. yeah, it's confusing. There's so much you can do that it's like crippling almost. Mm-hmm. That's how but. it is too when I use like B-Ball Index because I have a subscription to that, which I use a lot for like YouTube videos and stuff. They, right. like, they've like they got some amazing tools, but it gets so confusing sometimes. I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I doing yeah. with somebody? So it yeah. happens. Um, but yeah, Chad Holmgren's super cool. He also had uh, He's like a cool. cool block on Jabari Smith Jr. too. You know, the guy that was drafted right after him that Chris Haynes mm-hmm. wrongly reported we were going to draft at number two. <laughs> and I believe I saw someone say like the Rockets announcers were trying to make a case that Jabari was better than Chet at this point, which is just not true. I really like Jabari, wow. but apparently the Rockets announcers during the first game were trying to make that argument. And Jabari, he that's, killed us on the boards Michael, and everything. But a Michael Cage yeah. argument right there. He's... He's been a demon on the glass because I picked him over rebounds in both games and he crushed it. Yeah, he has been killing it. He had a double double against us both games, I think. Yeah, he had ten rebounds at halftime, I think, in the first game too. Like he was, mm. he was all over the place. Like, yeah, he he put up twenty and seventeen first game and then eighteen and thirteen the second game. Mm-hmm. He's insane. Yeah. Uh, Tyranny, do you want to do your single large item next? I'd love to. Um, I didn't. I missed the first game. I, I kind of went back and saw the highlights, so uh, I'm kind of going to be heavily focusing. Uh, I, I had a family thing, but I, I tried yeah, to Dil- go back. Boo you, Dylan. Sure. Yeah, boo, me. boo family. Yeah, that's that's what Dylan says. Uh, no, I had the. I, I watched yesterday's game, and so I'll probably be heavily heavily focusing on that. But my single large item um, was going to be J Dub, and specifically, 
it, it wasn't really him that was the major impact of the fourth quarter like we usually see. Uh, but he obviously still did contribute. And the I, I think I, I tweeted this out on the podcast, but the the TNT announcers in the towards the beginning of the fourth quarter were saying something along the lines of like, and they did this last time, I think uh, we had a nationally televised game was like, uh, the Thunder Bench are uh, out right now. This is a great time for the opposing team, which in this case was the Rockets, to capitalize. It was like, buddy, you have no idea what this fourth <laughs> quarter roster does. Like, it's it's J-Dub controlling this. And, like, we are plus in this uh, category every, every time in the fourth quarter. Uh and J-Dub did, like, still make his impact there. He had six points, two assists, uh, three or four shooting in that in that quarter. He had 24 for the game. Um, but uh, he he's he's one of those guys, too, that, like, he didn't really have the slump that Chet was having post-All-Star game. Um, and now we're kind of looking back at it and be like, wow, he's, he's potential rookie of the year and all that. He's just continuing to be, like, a very solid – he will give you 20, 25, maybe even 30 points every night. He's consistent. He's like automatic from the mid range. I, it's, it's the point now where like, if he goes to the left side, I'm like, that's going in. Like that's, that's yep. his shot. He, that's it. I, I don't even worry about it anymore. So J-Dub is like, he's like the, I, I know Shea is the guy, the rock, but like J-Dub, it's it, it, we're basically have two number one players on the same team. Like if J Dub is on ninety percent of the other NBA teams, he is the number one guy, but he happens to just be our number two guy, and that's that's a blessing in in many ways. So um, yeah, J Dub J Dub was great as usual, um, and I appreciate him a lot. We hope you're doing well. We hope yeah, you're doing well, J Dub. And in, in that first game, you know, Chet kind of had the fourth quarter, fourth quarter takeover, and even said like in post game, like he was channeling Dub time, like he was channeling J Dub. Mm. Um, so he didn't get to, he didn't get to kind of cook in the fourth quarter like you know he normally does on the first game. But in in the most in the Rockets game last night, you know that was when you know we got we got to see Dub time up close and personal on national TV. I think he had like. Mm-hmm. Two or three mid-range jumpers, a couple of layups there in tow, um, and then of course the three there late. And yeah, he was he was awesome. And, and the the thing that I love about Dub, and I, I think we was talking about it with Bryce whenever he was on. Um, we was talking about the comparison of this big three and the past big three, and I compared Chet to Rush just because they're like fiery competition, um, but. Dub is a lot like Russ in the way that the crowd feeds off of him. And, you know, like after the dunk, he's screaming, like arms straight down, like as loud as he can. The crowd is just like eating it up. You know, he had the game a couple games ago where he's saying, stand the F up. And, you know, mm-hmm. the crowd reacted to that. Good. Like he, he, he does great crowd work. Um, and I just love his energy. I love his passion. And, you know, like Darian was saying, man, like his versatility offensively, like he's a true three-level scorer. And we talk about Shea and how consistent he is. Now I know Dub's a little bit up and down, but, like, on any given night, you can pretty much guarantee he's getting around 25 and 5 with a couple, like, a couple stocks in there probably as well. So, 
yeah, Dub is Dub is awesome. He looked awesome, and it, it was it was a nice showing for the big three on national television for everybody to kind of see. You're muted, Cone. Man, my fault. I, I muted <laughs> I muted to yawn for a moment and then just did not unmute. Um, kind of, I think Tuni put it well with the way that you know talking about what the TNT announcer said, where it's like, um, you know, hey, maybe this is their chance to come back a little bit here in the fourth quarter. Shay's on the bench. It's like now we've got another Ulster caliber player to just throw at you that can do this similar things to Shay, where he can score with either hand, score off the bounce, fading right, fading left, just completely unstoppable. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jadab is incredibly special. Like Dylan said, great showing from the big three on national, on both at national television, but also the day before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, they just continue to make these plays left and right, you know, take over games. And it really just, the synergy of these three guys is incredible. You know, we talk about that first big three with Russ, Katie and Harden, you know, a little bit of overlap. I felt like in some of their skill sets, the, the point where they weren't like the perfect grouping altogether. Um, you know, they all end up being MVP. So I'm not going to say this grouping is better necessarily, but I do think the fit may be better between these three guys. And also the supporting cast is just generally better too. Like Pressy learned from his mistakes and has built a legitimately fantastic Ooh. supporting cast around these guys. So yeah, just shout to Sam Pressy. I think I'm going to do a video either tomorrow or within the next couple of days where I kind of break down how this all came to be and like how the rebuild went. And it's just, it's kind of crazy how we made this thing happen because, you know, 2020 offseason, we traded away Chris Paul and you know Gallo and Schroeder, all those guys from that 2020 team, except for Shea. And at that point, like our let me let me pull it up real quick. At that point, our group that we had, the young core was Shea, Dort, Baisley, Hamadou Diallo, Teo Maladon, Poku, and Isaiah Roby were like the young guys Ooh. on the team. And now you fast <laughs> forward to where we are. Now you fast forward to where we are now. Like that's me having Al Horford and George Hill feels like a fever dream. The fact that yeah, we had those two guys for wild. half a season before we trade George Hill and shut down Horford. But you look forward from 2021, you know, not even three years later at the beginning of the 2021 season, like has not even been three calendar years. And here we are as a team that's flying my face, a team that's right behind the wolves. Cause they won today for the one seed in the Western conference and on pace for potentially 58 to 60 wins. Like that turnaround is absurd. And a lot of that is because of, you know, Dub and Chet being as good as they are, as quick as they are. Because if they weren't, you know, getting Chet the number two overall pick is awesome. And he was clearly the right pick there. But if Dub didn't become a all-star caliber player in like his second season, I have no idea where we would be right now. We don't know what the trajectory of this team would be, but the fact that he did just, it completely changes everything when you take a look at the trajectory of some of the other rebuilding teams, even with like the Rockets, you know, Shea is obviously the swing factor for us, why we're better than them by a lot. But having dub two is like that secondary guy. Like we have a one and a two established at this point with Chet there as well as like a two A, two B scenario. Um, and, you know, being able to pull off getting Chet and dub our second and third best players at this point. And for the long haul in the same draft, it's ridiculous from Presley. Yeah. It was cool to see, uh, Tim McMahon wrote a story about the Paul George trade, like before we played the Clippers um, during the Mm -hmm. All-Star break. And he said, uh, you know, he like set it all up and it was like a misdirection. He was like, and this is how one of the 
you know, most dynamic duos was established. And it said Shea Gildas Alexander and Jalen Williams, making things Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And it's just mm-hmm. that's a that's a testament to like, you know, the type of players that they are, like already at this stage. So yeah. Yeah. I I, I remember I was trying to do I, I kind of it, it got pushed to the wayside, but I was doing an Abaca um like trade tree at one point was going through all that and like where we are at this point it was just like it's it's remarkable what we've what we've come to with the the assets we got and not just that trade but all the all the stuff that kind of trickled down um yeah the last thing i just want to mention this is very stupid and short but the for jw the the thing that i caught last night like we talk about the parking the post game interviews um mm-hmm. jalen uh there were three different uh post game interviews that happened last night there was one with Nick Gallo. There was one on TNT with Shay. And then Jay Will was actually behind Shay doing like a radio one, I guess, because he just had the headphones in. And huh. Jada barked in every single interview. He went to every single one and just like threw in a bark. And I thought that was hilarious. Like, it, kind of like going back to like the energy and like he's the guy who kind of brings it. Like that, I think that also makes somewhat of an impact in like camaraderie and, and the, the vibes and making it fun and kind of keeping it loose. And so... Yeah. I think I think that's always kind of like a an, an un um, underrated thing that that a player brings to a team. You know who else would help the vibes? A gargantuan antlered animal. <laughs> it would really would. If only we had someone. If only we had do that. If only we had. A, but alas, a, if only had a moose that could bark. Did you? Did you? Was that a cow? I, I don't. I don't know what the moose sound like. Is Dude, it like, is it, I don't know if a moose does like that. Like a blaring horn. A blaring horn. <laughs> Do meese I'm make sounds? Sure. Is meese the plural of moose? Is that what I mean? No, use? no, but no, but it's a it's a principal thing for me because I think it should okay. be. Okay. If, uh, if goose goes to geese, why does moose not go to meese? It doesn't make any sense. I think Dolan made quiet. the same point Let's at some point on the pod. Okay. Well, Dolan gets it. Okay. Oh, what's pretty the, close what the hell no it was not close <laughs> <laughs> play it one more time tyranny play the moose one more time was about what <laughs> oh my god that one was a lot louder it's like a, it's like a cow but kind of sounds like patrick from spongebob in a way like it a sounds raspy like a, cow yeah it sounds like if a cow is like strep throat a little bit and is in agony we also have all these other animals if we ever need them to so oh, yeah nice. in case yeah. In case we ever get like someone whose nickname is the hyena on the team, the hyena, oh the gosh. ferret. Well, the ferret that could be, be that, that could be Jalen Williams, Jay Will, because he's always smiling and laughing. That's true. That's that's not bad. Might have just stumbled the into hyena. one there. Dylan, try, try to play 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 the hyena. Oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I thought we were done with the sounds. I'll go back. Listen, this is important stuff we're doing on the podcast. I can't push boom. I've got to push hyena. <laughs> On the world, that, that was like comfortable. Yeah, that was like captured in the field. Like the first one sounded like you know, like it was separated. That sounded like someone captured it in the field before they got eaten by a hyena. I, I I appreciate all the podcast listeners just let uh just listening to these random sounds we're making. Oh my do that one more time. <laughs> that was interesting. That was very interesting. Well, that's that's the sound that Jay Will is going to make, I guess. If uh, that's the amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, the next interview, you know, they're all just barking and <laughs> he starts going. Does that eat a sound? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, Lord. 
That's amazing. Well, um, you know, everybody wants to win so they can bark. Uh, and so I guess, you know, since he's there, mm-hmm. I'm going to sing large out of him. I'm going to talk about the guy that wants to win MVP so he can just bark at his whole acceptance speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander, man, came to play in both games, helped spearhead the comeback alongside with Chet Holmgren uh, in the first game, had 36 points, five rebounds, seven assists, four stocks, hit two or three from three. And going into the next game on Tuesday, he had 31 points. You know, Shea's going to get 31. Eight rebounds, three assists, one steal, but he hit four of six from three in this one. Like, I don't remember the last time Shea hit four threes, but, like, that was th- that was an absolute ride, man. It's it, it's so special because in the first Rockets game specifically, they were playing him so physically. Like, Dylan Brooks obviously is going to play you physically, but Amon Thompson is kind of like a torpedo out there. Like he, he just kind of plays reckless a little bit. Like he goes at you 100 miles an hour and doesn't stop. And there was a few collisions there that I thought should be fouls but weren't. Um, to his credit, Amon Thompson's ridiculous. Some of those blocks he had, um, the, the one he had against Gordon Hayward, I think it was – it might have been the second game, mm. was just absolutely nuts. But anyways, this isn't about Amon Thompson. Um, some of the finishes Shea had, his three-pointer, like – it's looking so smooth. It's looking so confident. Off the catch, I think he hit a couple off the catch. He, the step back three, obviously, like it's getting in rhythm. He's up to, what was it, 38.9% from three right now? Uh, yeah, 38.8. Man, I mean, that's 40% so is – it, it, It's right above the horizon. It's going to suck, come when we get – when he's legitimately 55 and 40, but he's going to be like 89% from the free throw I know. Line. He, he he traded some of the free throw making for threes. And honestly, I'll take it. If he's hey. shooting 40% from deep and he shoots only 89% from the line, we'll live with it. The math works. The math yeah. works. We'll the take it. But yeah, no, he's he's absolutely insane, man. You know, obviously, like I said, spearheading the comeback, helping slam the door shut against the Rockets um, in the first game. And then the second game, man, like, just throughout it was just getting buckets on anybody. Like, like I said, like the Rockets have really like good defenders, but also really physical defenders. And in the past, like that's the type of defender you want to guard Shay to kind of get him off his game. It didn't matter, man. Like 36 and 31 points uh, in the two games. Didn't matter if it was Dylan Brooks, Amon Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Fred Van Vliet. It didn't matter who was out there. Like Shay was getting buckets on everybody. He was taking on all comers, and he just continues to just be absolutely insane. I, I tweeted out something today. It was a little bit bait, but also it's true. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I said, you want consistency? Look at Nicole Jokic. You want stats? Look at Luka Doncic. You want wins? Look at Jason Tatum. You want defense? Look at Kawhi Leonard. You want rim pressure? Look at Giannis Antetokounmpo. You want all of that? Look at Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's all of them. All of them combined. He is all of them. He is all of them. So, so yeah, we are very blessed with Shea. Yeah, he's been special. And, you know, I I kind of – Dylan's referred to this before as, like, I'm the resident overall NBA expert. Like, I try to remain kind of objective sometimes with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shea is legitimately my MVP if the season ended today. And if, if he wasn't my pick, I would tell you. I would not be biased in this. Mm-hmm. I think Shea is legitimately my pick to win MVP at this point. Luke has been great. The team isn't quite there. I've seen a lot of people try to push the whole, you know, oh, well, Russ and Jokic did it type thing with their teams as like six seeds. It's not the same. 
Like you take a look at that team that Russ had, they had no business being in the playoffs. Uh, Jokic didn't have Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. the entire season. It wasn't like they were hurt for a little bit. Michael Porter Jr. I think played the first like three or four games and then was out the entire year. So he was missing his top two guys. That Their starting lineup was like Monte Morris, Will Barr, and Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, and Nicole Jokic. And he got them to a six seed, putting up some of the most ridiculous stats too. Like there was nobody putting up the stats that like Shea is right now or Jokic or um, you know Giannis even over there in the Eastern Conference. So as much as I like Luka, I don't think he's going to end up winning it. Jokic is a great mm-hmm. argument, but the, the way the Thunder are winning right now, a team that has been better than the Nuggets, a younger team, the defense that Shea's brought to the table where I legitimately think he's going to make an all-defensive team. If he ends up on a top two seed, 50-40-90, averaging over 30 points per game and leading the league in steals, I don't know how you don't give him the MVP. The fact that he's even this close, he's shooting 55% from the field as a guard. Mm-hmm. Even if he doesn't at 50-40-90, it's still completely ridiculous efficiency with the volume that he has. So I, I mean, again, if he wasn't my actual pick, I would tell you, but if the season ended today, Shea would be my pick for MVP. And I think a lot of people are starting to lean that way too. I've seen a lot of people like, I know Stephen A was talking about it. Shannon Sharp was talking about it. I've seen more and more people talk about Shea being the MVP. And that gives me hope that, that he has a good shot at winning this thing. There's part of me that feels like they might just give it to Jokic. And I mean, Jokic has been fantastic. If he wins it, he's deserving. But mm-hmm. I hope they really take a hard look at what Shane OKC have done this season and don't just go, oh, yeah, Jokic is doing all this stuff like he typically does. He should be the MVP. Mm-hmm. Again, if he wins it, I understand. But to me, Shea is at minimum second place right now. I think at the moment, it's him and Jokic for the most part. Luka and Giannis, yeah. if their teams start playing better, can maybe get there. But if the Thunder end up a top two seed, I think Shea should win MVP for sure. I think the the I was I've been keeping track of the odds. Jokic is still favored, actually, by kind of more than I expected. Uh, but Shea is is kind of separated himself as definitely top two. Mm. My thought is the it seems like betting like Vegas and and those guys feel like Jokic is still going to win, maybe because they still think the Nuggets are going to make this push and be the top seed or top two seed in the West. My question is if if it's Nuggets one, Thunder two, that's the situation where I think we could see Shea not get the MVP, even if he puts up mm. these numbers. Yeah, And it only feels like if the Thunder are the one seed that it's guaranteed he's going to get it. And if it's like anything below that, it's going to be like, well, Jokic also put up these numbers. So he's, he's going to get it this time. And you can try next time, next year. You'll get your shot then. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think the, I also have him as the MVP. I mean, that, that's very biased to me though, but um, he, he's also looked so much better after the All-Star game. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously his shooting, we've talked about that a lot, but, but um, I, I don't know how you can argue he is not top two for sure. I also loved uh, the Stephen A. Smith clip. I put, I think we posted on the Topic Thunder podcast, which I thought was so fitting because of the fact that we're the in Oklahoma City. Uh, he opened up his like monologue about uh, Shay to Shannon Sharp. Uh, Stephen A. was like talking about Shay, and then he was like, "Have you seen this brother? Have you seen this brother play basketball?" And I was just like, "I love that. I love that. Like that." That feels like the mantra of Shea. Like, have you seen this guy play? Like, have you seen him play basketball? And uh, yeah, I just, 
I think that's where the national media is right now. Like they're recognizing it and, and they're, they're voting for him, I think. And so, yeah, he's, he's, he's MVP in my eyes. If that matters to anybody. Hey, I, I picked an MVP before the season started. I, I remember in our hot take episode, I said that Tierney's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> Cause he was about to say Shay top five MVP. And that was going to be your hot take. And I just came out there and said, he's going to win it. And you was, He's taken aback, but I was it, taken aback. What's oh, wild about what's wild about Shea's play is it's evolving real time, like in the season. Like obviously, like he came out on fire with the steals, and like he built up enough of a cushion, even though he's not like racking up the stocks like he was early on. Like he still, you know, maintains that lead there. Mm-hmm. But cushion, he's taking real strides playmaking. Like he's he's had some ridiculous passes uh, in these last few games, and his shooting like I don't even think I realize like how hot he's been shooting since the start of the new year, guys. Twenty seven games, Shea shooting forty six point seven percent from three. That's a that's a huge sample size, and you know, I don't I don't know what it was you know that made him you know, kind of go into this, uh, go into this, like, you know, shooting like supernova, but you know, we've seen post all-star break shooting jump like the past two years, but like, this is something else entirely. And Mm. at at this point, I don't even think it's, uh, if he gets to 40% three, I think it's when he gets to 40% from three. And if he's doing that on top of the rim pressure he's getting on top of, you know, him just being unguardable with the amount of shots that he can give you mid range, falling away um, up and under like some of the most pristine footwork in the league. I don't think people talk about Shea's footwork enough. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I was cutting that, uh, that video together of the F my X uh, mixtape that I did when I played the Clippers, that spin move he did through two defenders and he kept his foot like full speed. Like he kept his, uh, kept his pivot foot down. Absolutely insane. Um, I mean, there's not much more I can say except for the fact that the past couple of days I've seen Shea compared to a couple of different players uh, with their stats, one of which being MVP Kevin Durant back in 2014. Is that right? 2014? Yeah. Anyways, their stats are like, Super similar. I think Durant has a few more rebounds, like a couple more rebounds, obviously, because he's seven foot. Um, but Shea is like right equal or even higher than Durant on all the other statistical categories. And prime Michael Jordan is. Oh, you're, you beat me too. I was about to pull that up. Is, is the stat comparison that I see with Shea a lot here recently. So I'm just saying, there's when your stats are being compared to those types of guys and it's not just like I said with Wimby and Chat, like it's not just the production, but it's the impact and the impact that you're seeing on the record. Like we're 41 and 17. I mean, that's that's pretty special. That's pretty valuable, I would say. Some Three would steals. say the most valuable. The most in the league. Yeah. And speaking of MVP, uh post game when he was talking to um Jared Greenberg with um you know, doing his like national TV post game interview, he asked about MVP, and you could see Shea kind of start to smile. Yep, there it is, right there. <laughs> oh, I had it ready. Look at Tierney go. Tierney had it ready. 
like I had it ready. This is the face when he he mentioned it. He was like, uh, he talked about him winning MVP, and Shea very clearly was smiled and is like, you know, it's it's a goal. Like it would be cool Jesus. to have happen. Man, I want it to happen so bad. See Shea mm-hmm. win MVP. That mm-hmm. was like from KD winning it to Russ winning it to then Shea winning it. And I know there was a tweet from I think Thunder Film Room. It came from ESPN, but he screenshotted it and it basically said like the Thunder would become the first franchise to have three MVPs in the span of like a like I think 15 years or I, I believe it would even be 10 years actually at this point between the Kevin Durant one and this. So having three different MVPs over that stretch is we've been spoiled with like high level players as Thunder fans, obviously as a result in a finals win, which is the ultimate goal. But in terms of seeing some of the best individual players to play the game at the time that they were playing, we've been very spoiled. And the fact that Shea has reached that level already is absurd. Yep. Yeah, I want to I want to close my stuff with Shea with three stats I've been following on StatMuse that I just would like to share with you guys. Some of these are kind of old, but I just like to watch, look at them anyway. Uh, so the first one, people have been talking about this for a while. Most 30-point games this season, 43. The next closest is Luka with 39. Giannis with 34. Love that one. Uh, the one also that has – the gap has – not been as wide recently, but still pretty wide. Most steals, we talked about that too. It used to be ridiculous, but still it's like the next closest is De'Aaron Fox with 98. Shea's got 121. So nobody's even cracked 100 yet. I think Shea cracked 100 in like early January, I want to say, somewhere around there. So that's that one I love. And then the last one um, is kind of similar. I couldn't find the exact one, but the most games with 30 points and five steals at least He's got five games. The next closest is a tie for two. Um, so I just, I love kind of keeping track of all these stats because it's just such a big gap between Shea and the next person. Kind of similar it's on fantastic. that. Um, the Shea, I believe the record for the most uh, 30 plus point games in Thunder history is like four, is like, so Shea's at 43 right now. I think it's like 47, I believe, from MVP KD or MVP Russ, one of the two. Uh, Shea is going to break that easily. Like it's not mm-hmm. even going to be a problem for him to break that for the most 30 point games, which is so crazy when you think about Durant being considered one of the greatest scorers of all time in his MVP season, Shea's going to eclipse that mark and Russell Westbrook, who was carrying us at an unbelievable level that season and really efficient while he was doing it for the volume. It just is mind blowing. The fact that Shea's going to eclipse those guys in terms of 30 plus point games it, it didn't even feel like it would it was possible coming into the season but he's just he's just so consistent 47 so yeah, he's four, got yeah five. four more or five more five more five more to break oh, yeah yeah one more diet yeah. yeah i looked up uh who <laughs> how much you would have to get to get the nba record and it was well it was 78 so I don't think that's happening. The Wilt thing. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's a little bit out of reach at this point. Man, why does why does Wilt have to do Wilt this? ruins everything, man. Every record. And, and no no record of it. Like, no, like, you can't, like, watch film of it. So, did it really happen, Wilt? That's what I want to know. I saw in my timeline today, like, a video, I think it was of, like, Fidel Castro hooping. There was, like, a, a, a video of that. Which is, and they don't have, and you're telling me they don't have Wilt's 100-point game anywhere? Of oh. all the names in the world, Fidel. bro, that's what I that, that was what I said, Mr. There Castro was, himself. That's what I said. I was like, no there's world. footage of um, 
Fidel Castro like hooping and we don't have anything of Wolves 100 point game nothing from that ridiculous I, I'm I'm starting to buy more into the conspiracy that it never happened listen the world wants to know was Castro a bucket well actually part of the reason that came up was because um there was a quote I can't remember who it was from another like um so, someone who was like involved with him politically and was like talking about his euro stuff apparently he had a dirty euro step and the mm. quote was something like yes it leads to a, ba- a basket but what but at what cost to the communal spirit or something like that which is a crazy thing to say about a euro step like you know how dirty your euro step has to be for you to start like questioning things like that so community pro- wow seemingly wow. was too much of a bucket it was too much of a bucket for his own good apparently that's so, crazy yeah um, um, Crazy detour, but yeah. Hey, we we had a question in the chat here about face of the NBA. You know, a lot of players. I think Curry, LeBron, KD were asked about it at All Star Weekend. Um, if Shea wins the MVP this season, can we start naming him the next face of the NBA? Or is he far away from Jokic, Tatum, and Doncic? Uh, I just want to go out there and say, like, I don't see why Shea can't be the face of the NBA. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a he's unproblematic. Like, he might be one of the most unproblematic, like, stars in this league. B, like, he's got a million-dollar smile, man. Like, I, I just got to say, like, it, it's a super Let me smile. Let me show you. Let me show you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see that smile real quick. Up. I wonder what it looks like. Oh, yeah. Go. Like, come on. Wow. <laughs> That's a million-dollar smile right there. You can market that. Um but no, I'm going to make a bold prediction here because, you know, he was involved in it over the offseason, had a few commercials. I think Shea's going to be on the cover of the next NBA 2K. I think so, too. I think Shea's going to be on 2K25, yeah. So I could see that. There we go. There's the next face of the NBA, face of yeah, NBA I, 2K. I will say I think it's going to be Wemby as much as I want to see it be Shea. Boom. Apparently there was a dunk that Wemby had recently and it had the most views out of any highlight on NBA socials ever. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um I, I it's probably gonna end up being Wemby. Although I do think Shea can be one of the faces. There are people saying like there's no way he can be it. Why not? When he's yeah. you know yeah, they he's one of the best players have- in the world. He's young, like you said, you know, just kind of chills and hoops, which might be part of why it would be harder for him to be the face because he doesn't. Do, yeah, he's low profile. He doesn't do a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not super out there. Like I know Wemby was on. Uh, every time Wemby like gets in front of a camera, Wemby's really funny. Like he was mm-hmm. on the TNT mm-hmm. broadcast during before All Star practice, and he was talking about you know Greg Popovich like showing them film, and he goes, and at one point Pop stops and just goes, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, and first, yeah, <laughs> just hilarious with his delivery. So. I think it's going to end up being Wemby. Like the, the faces of the NBA in the past have been these like American born superstars because, you know, that's where the league is most watched. But I think with basketball becoming more international, it only adds up for the next face to be Wemby, who's, you know, coming into the league right before LeBron retires and Curry and all these guys. But, you know, I mean, we have like LeBron and Steph and Kevin Durant, like all these guys. Like LeBron is probably the face of the league, but, you know, Shea, I do think can be one of those guys like Luca. And, you know, Jason Tatum, I do think all those guys are going to kind of match. Jokic has never felt like a face of the league to me. I don't think he ever will be. I think he wants he... to be. No, exactly. That's another yeah. thing. You've, like, got to want to be the face of the For league to be the face of the league. And he's just like, I'm cool. It's just chilling with my horses. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The horses. I remember. So Makes it hard. Tyranny, pull, uh, pull the horse sound, please. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, I got you, come. Um, <laughs> no, the, the, I remember during the All Star break, it was like Durant and LeBron, oh, maybe LeBron and like a couple other guys were like mentioning Shea by Curry. Yeah, it was like a couple of big guys naming Curry or uh, Shea by name of like who's next up. Who, I don't know if they mm-hmm. specifically said face of the NBA, but like, yeah, he's he's got that. He's got that name. His name is around the league, at least. But yeah, I also think because not because kind of come mention it like Wimby's also besides the fact that he's just ridiculous. He's also very personable and very likable. And yeah, I think he's just going to he's going to he's going to take it this year, probably. But hey, soon, I think he'll be he'll be on Wimby. the cover soon. Not one of those guys pick Wimby. I'm just I'm just going to say That's I, true. I thought it. Well, it was funny, you know. Curry and LeBron picked like two or three guys. It was like Shea and and Luca, I think, for them. And then KD had like a list of like nine people, and it's like KD's a hooper, super. Yeah, he's he, he knows, knows ball. ball. He knows ball, but um, yeah. I mean, guys, I think we can scrap talking about playoff opponents tonight. You know, we've gone a little bit over an hour. You know, we've got a long season to go. We can talk playoff opponents whenever. Uh, do want to. Show the people that are in YouTube and also tease the people on the podcast to go look this up. Ooh. But we've been at work. Ooh. We're collaborating with a few people. We finally got some merch dropping, um, you know, better way than ever. We've had all year, but, you know, we finally got it up and rolling. Um, Tierney, do you have the website up? What do we want to start with? Do we want to start with um, dealer's the choice, Tierney? Producer okay. choice, man. We'll start with. Um, Let's pull up the hoodie. You throw it up both. there and I'll talk about it. All right. Well, actually, you know what? Because I liked the color of this one. We're going to go. He's going to put a pink one in again. I hope yeah. so. The, the pink ones are sick. <laughs> that's that's it's my fire. favorite are the pink ones. It's fire. All right. We're going to start with this one. So we've got You're catching a collaboration. Collaboration number one. All right. So this is a collaboration with. Devin A. Mountain on Twitter. Uh, you guys know her art. I mean, she's the Thunder page. Literally uses her art. It's in collaboration with her. Uh, we are doing any all proceeds to this. So you know, we have a T-shirt here, but we have hoodies, we have Wansley shirts, we have crew neck sweatshirts, we have kids shirts, toddler shirts, we have freaking baby onesies. You got onesies. Um, you can. You got the start the start the Thunder propaganda early. Yes, I know uh, several we, parents with young children that follow us. This is for you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're definitely getting Nina on one of these. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've got many different options here, but um, all the proceeds for this design here is going to go 100%. Like, we're not taking any profit on this. 100% of this is going to the YWCA in Oklahoma, uh, in Oklahoma City, I believe, which we also partnered with uh, during our Top of Thunder fan meetup whenever, you know, we brought um what was it like diapers wipes and uh you know feminine mm-hmm. products and stuff so uh we've worked with them before working with them again but this is the design you know i i kind of just told her stock market and kind of the mm-hmm. idea that i had and she crafted this beautiful design uh we threw some words on there because i'm terrible at explaining stuff and tyranny is good at you know putting words on stuff so there it I'm is in all its glory stock market shirt yeah definitely you got a nice graph of the steals and the blocks, you know, Shay and Chet racking up the socks. Uh, I'm a, the pink to me is my favorite 
color, I think. I, I really rock with the pink. You know, there's the light blue. We got the navy, the um, oh, Carolina blue out of all colors. Tyranny's really into it now. Tyranny's excited. Yeah, royal. We got black. And like like Dylan said, it's it's hoodies, it's long sleeves, it's short sleeves, it's baby onesies, it's it's everything you can think of. Crew neck even. So Tyranny, can you go you back and just show the options? Uh, for colors? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just the... Everything. No, not colors. I mean, like, the, the yeah, different... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got it. Whenever whatever. you pick a different color, it makes you backspace through it's all the very, colors. It's very, very silly. I don't like that. Yeah. So we got <laughs> the... got the onesie, the hoodies. We've got regular old t-shirt, long sleeve. Oh, we also have a heavy t-shirt. I apologize. So my wife really likes heavy the vintage, clothes, vintage clothing. So we've got, like, the soft tee. And we also got like the heavy tee, like the more boxy material that like, you know, you see like vintage t-shirts and stuff. So we have that option if you want that as well. There's all. Um, yeah. And so next design we have, what you got, Tyranny? We got collab number two, which Dylan just told about us today. And it's up on the website. Boom. Go home. All right. So Go we home. see Shay do this twice. Saw him do it both times, national television. Did it to Orlando Magic, just did it against the Houston Rockets. It's kind of his new thing now. Uh, shout out to one of my favorite NBA artists, uh, Lucky Mong, M-O-N-G, Drawing. Um, they are on Instagram. They're also on Twitter. They have a different name, but they're a lot more active on Instagram. All the work's on there. Uh, feature on Bleacher Report and like overtime edits all the time. But they're collabing with us uh, for this. Uh, I mean, just absolutely dope shirt. Again, all the same options. We got the hoodie. We got the shirts. We got the crew necks. We still got the baby onesies. You want to get a baby onesie that has Shay saying go home on it? I think it's very on brand. You know, <laughs> have the baby in a jacket and like, you know, just casually unzip the jacket when you overstage your welcome. Like, oh, look at that. We've got to go home. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Jeremy, can you click on one of the other ones? That one only had the white color on it uh yeah that was the kids i guess so, oh, oh that's the same you clicked on the exact same one <laughs> there we go all right so this we is the gray. kids baby. we got pink we got blue royal blue yeah the blue looks go back to the really nice on that one so i, I really got a like white that. gray a couple of blues here yeah this is the adult hoodie adult hoodie I hate that they make you go back on the colors. Go back. <laughs> it's so inconvenient. Uh, Dude, you're yeah, ripping through this, man. You're doing great. Thanks. And then we got crew neck, same colors, white, gray, black, blue. Oh, I think I went too fast. Gray, mm. black, crew navy. Kind of gas. I'm always a fan of crew necks. This yeah. graphic also turned out really well. Like it's nice, like really nice sizing too. It, it mm. pops like super that. well off of those colors. Yeah. I like yeah. that a lot. Shout out Lucky Mom, man. He's he's awesome. And, you know, he 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 draws like all the NBA, but like specifically, like he's been drawing a lot of Thunder lately too. Like he's got Shea, he's got Chet. This is the only design that we had access to for this. But uh, you know, if you guys if you guys go in there and buy it out, we might have more collaborations in the future. We do have one more collaboration. Uh, I like this one too. Yeah, this is the new vintage. This is nice. So. It, it's nice. a modern take on, or a vintage take on a, a modern concept, which is our podcast. This is designed by my lovely wife, Chelsea. Um, but yeah, you know, Super just cool to kind of support the podcast, man, and you know, have a little vintage shirt. It's not as, it's not as cool as the Dubs vintage Thunder shirt with the lightning bolts all over the place. That is a really dope shirt. But 
Uh, yeah, I, I really like this shirt, like the design. I, I like the off-white color. Looks great. Oh, we eucalyptus. got cra- crazy colors on this one. Orchid, you Orchid. Ekru? What is it? Ekru. Ekru goes crazy. I actually like the black, to be honest. The black goes... I like that with the vintage shirts. The black. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is... This is a hundred percent just heavy tea. This was like a non-negotiable with my wife since she was the one that designed it. This is her favorite type of shirt, and you know it's kind of a style that you want with a vintage tee. So yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely buy the crap out of that one. That's that's our first like topic thunder like specific merch. So um, you know, oops for those of you that have wanted to support us in the past, this is a great way to do so. Uh, I know in the past, like you know. Whenever we have designs, some of you have kind of been sheepish about buying it because, you know, the top of Thunder podcast in the bottom right eliminated eliminated that completely, as you can see on the stock market and go home. So if you do want to show support and you want to kind of get your get the name out for us, get the word out for us, get the top of Thunder uh, new vintage shirt. And more designs are in the work for bringing over some past designs from our bonfire uh, shop. We've got the hem hoodie we've got mm-hmm. uh we've got the mm-hmm. sga and the sega font um we also have an exclusive from sublime illustrations uh our boy sub uh he made a chat uh design that is, looks similar to the yeti logo but it's it's chat walking it says chat really cool really That's fire cool. so we we got that as well and another one an oldie but goodie that we may have discussed the subject on this podcast a few times here and there might have even played a sound for it. Uh, be on the lookout for the hyena mm. shirt. So. Yeah, hyena shirts. The, the hyena the shirt. Hyena shirt. <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh, we also have a sub also made a dub OKC shirt, kind of like the Run DMC. Um, so we'll have those designs as well. Got a lot of designs in the works. Obviously, you know, we're opening new relationships with, uh, I think her name is Nene. I, I don't know for sure, but 7A Mountain, open up a new relationship with her, Lucky Mon Drawing. So if you guys buy those out, like we'll get new designs in here, work with them again. Absolutely. Obviously, Sub, Chelsea's always going to be on there. Working with Sarah, trying to possibly get something going with her on a t-shirt idea. So shout out nice. Sarah Sellers, always the homie. Uh, got plenty mm-hmm. of her art in all of our homes. So yeah, the infomercial is over, but that will all be available on uh, Tyranny. Do you actually have what the what the URL is for that? Uh, it is okctopicthunder.creator-spring.com. I don't know. All right. You need to do all that. It might just be spring.com, but okctopicthunder.creator-spring.com. Yeah, and we'll we'll, the we'll have the there. yeah we'll have the link in our uh, Twitter bio and stuff like that also, so you guys can find our merch there. But definitely, like the link's live, so like you know, go ahead and uh, get that merch, man. Yeah. Get a pink one, like cone. Get a onesie for your baby. Yeah, you got so many options. So, infomercial Absolutely. over. Hope everybody uh, enjoyed the podcast. Enjoyed getting to talk to my homies here. I just want to report back that I. Just started season two of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia today. So uh, I, I saw Denny DeVito. I haven't finished the episode yet, but it's promising. It's promising. I'm feeling better about this season than last You're season. You're getting there. Okay, cool. I'd love to see it. They're to the other so, side. There you go. So, uh, yeah, next game, Thunder play the Spurs on Thursday. We'll be back to talk about it on Friday. 
Uh, I think Brett Usher is going to be returning to the podcast, I think, next week at some Ooh. point, just working out on the day, uh, talking Thunder. Maybe that's when we do some potential playoff opponents. So, but yeah, keep your ear here. Draft season's right around the corner. We'll have all kinds of guests here. Just trying to pump out great content for you guys. But until then, y'all have a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, Thunder, Thunder up. Thunder up. Cue the moose sound. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.